PGCE Research Bites from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Hello and welcome to PGCE Research Bites, a showcase for the very best student teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. My guest for this episode is Cameron Corsi, who's from PGCE Secondary Physical Education. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Tom. You okay? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. So you've just completed a research assignment for us, uh, which was on a topic that was given to you by your lead partnership school. Now, we're keeping schools anonymous in these because that's kind of what we do with our our pieces of research. So we're going to follow that kind of convention with this. So we're not going to name the lead partnership school, but it's a school in, in South Wales. And they picked the topic for your research because it was of interest to that school. So what did they give you out of the hat? Yes, yeah, so my focus was uh, blended learning. It's a popular one with schools at the moment for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. So you then had to make that that big, big topic into something manageable for you. Um, and, and I guess with some kind of subject specific angle as well, did you? I mean, how did you narrow that big topic down? Yeah, so obviously... <sighs> Blended learning has become a, a local and national priority due to the lockdowns, you know, as well as a school priority. It's a strategy that needs to be adopted by the schools uh, sort of very quickly, uh, with obviously most schools little, little time for planning. So we had to consider what effective blended learning looked like, what are the advantages to the learning methods for both obviously teachers and the pupils, uh, and the hindrances that affected blended learning. So what issues were surrounding uh, the approach. Those are th- sort of the three main areas that I focused on uh, within blended learning. Obviously, it's a broad topic. Yeah, and I'm thinking as a fellow practitioner of a practical subject. I mean, I'm music, your PE. I guess, I guess, blended learning has some very specific kind of issues attached to it for you, like it does for us. Yeah, yeah. There's many that obviously I come across during my, you know, a clinical practice one. Uh, many that we had to overcome and. It was sort of a stepping stone. It was, it was a, new to obviously us as uh, PC students, but also the teachers, because a lot of them never experienced this before or come across the issues that they had to face. So yeah, it was a challenge for everyone. And you know, I think we enjoyed it. The ones who embraced it more, I think, got more out of more out of the approach. Um, you know, some better than others, but yeah, overall, I think you know a lot of schools adopted adopted it well. Mm. And so for this assignment, you looked in depth into six pieces of literature and you were able to kind of search far and wide for that literature and pull it together and see what you could make of it. So what were your six bits of literature and what did you take from each of them? It was a big question. I know I'm, I'm probably going to sit back at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously it took a lot of research and inquiry time. I started off, you know, very broad, looking at, you know, various different platforms of uh, research, you know, through MetSearch, Google Scholar, books, etc. We narrowed them down to my six sources. And the first one uh, wasn't so much on the blended learning approach within actually schools. It was in a context of uh, a factory, which I sort of applied to uh, a teaching environment. So the first one was a source from uh, Rossette and Fraser on blended learning approaches. It's actually from uh, America. And in the formal report, uh, they discussed their experiences of using the approach to help learners learn. They stated in their research, uh, by studying a method used by teachers, they can use it within their milk distribution centre for youngsters. 
they utilized a blend of approaches uh, and came to realize that the strategies could be applied in all forms of work and then more importantly in an educational context um, and through their research they identify what constitutes uh, effective blended learning and identify the advantages and limitations of this approach so that, that was sort of my first one uh, my second one then looked more into a blended learning approach in higher education which obviously has been in place for a few years i believe more than uh, within you know the younger schools in secondary school and primary school so the second one the purpose it was a peer review paper by garrison and uh, kanaku and it's provided discussion of the transformative uh, potential of blended learning in the context of challenges being faced within education in the current uh, current times it was founded upon a summary uh, of blended learning and its potential to encourage deep and meaningful learning and that was what was really reviewed within that peer-reviewed journal and the journal moved towards the need to reconsider and rearrange the learning experience and its potential to be tr transformed was analysed so I looked at how basically how it's used in university and what how they've used it to their advantage through obviously uh, teams has been used a lot and how basically the different functions that can be used within teams, how the schools can adopt it to make it, uh, you know, fun and interesting within, uh, within the school environment, because obviously that's what kids want. So that, that was my second source. And my third source then, it was more of a comparison of student satisfaction between traditional teaching. So your face to face and your blended te technology. And this, this was, this uh, source, sorry, was particular to physical education. So I really dove, in, uh, dove into uh, how it's used within physical education. Again, it's a peer-reviewed article, and it focused on a handful of lecturers and professors based in uh, England. The group of professors, they looked at the issues surrounding e-learning uh, and the teachers' concerns regarding alternate instructional delivery, uh, the solutions that alleviate the issues sort of being faced. And while, while obviously the blended learning approach has been acknowledged as, you know, being an advantage to students, it was uh, inadequate to sort of the learning satisfaction. Uh, and it was still a barrier to sort of successful implementation. So a bit of the research in there, it talks about uh, the lack of learning uh, satisfaction as a hindrance to the effective of the implementation in terms of students felt they were more active in face-to-face -face, whereas some individuals did not see the difference some individuals didn't see the difference in two but some preferred that face-to-face uh, -face interaction being able, confident to ask questions didn't feel silly or asking a question behind the screen that they couldn't they couldn't see the teacher's reaction because a lot of uh, students found uh, well from the research i gathered their questions were founded on how the teachers interacted from the questions they asked, and this then led on to further uh, further discussions. So that's what they found hard, uh, was that collaboration. They felt that there's a barrier between asking questions and interacting, especially in PE, as we know, you know, similar to your subject is, is music. It's a practical subject, you know, and that interaction and collaboration is a massive tool or driving, you know, driving force within, within our subject. And students want to be able to do that and, you know, sitting behind the screen and, Breakout rooms is a, is a great tool and some students loved it, but, you know, it's not the same as sitting in a, in a classroom and around a table or, you know, out on the pitch, uh, sorry, on the field and discussing what, 
you know, what their plans are or, you know, where they want to move move forward. And I think that's one thing that was a barrier um, from, from that paper. Similar again, um, my next paper looked at the impact of blended learning um, and the traditional instruction of the student's performance. So this one again was uh, looking at particular within physical education uh, and in the specialists and this one was about the sports scientists. So they explored uh, the blended learning setting, outlining the hybrid notion of learning uh, and you know the classroom learning environment that incorporates some of the accessibility of online learning without the complete loss of traditional learning advantages. So in this paper, the uh, or sorry, within this study, the authors investigated the impact of face-to-face and blended learning in the pupils' performance within physical education. And they, they sort of found that, uh, it's, they identified that one-to-one teacher and student collaboration the students' uh, feedback was delayed and restricted to resources that the t- teachers can use uh, within within the lesson. It was acknowledged that, don't get me wrong, blended learning offers people's choice and flexibility within you know the distance learning, coupled with you know individual interaction with the faculty and other pupils. But the, the blending teaching goes past barriers of culture, you know, location, time, and it did um, in in ways many improved the opportunities for not just the students, but the, the teachers also. Uh, yeah, and then the, the next one there was, I looked at building effective blended learning programs. So how different programs could be applied or you know maybe considered within the educational context. So I looked at one journal, it was by, uh, by Singh, and he provided an inclusive uh, insight to blended learning and subsequent learning delivery approaches. The article provided models of blended learning and it ensured that each sort of element independently and collectively adds to a meaningful learning experience. And you know, within the article, there was a, a framework which I looked at by Badrul Khan. And this was used to guide, plan, deliver and manage, sorry, also evaluate blended learning platforms. So Singh pointed out that schools are constantly uh, exploring your approaches for effective learning, but they have to take into consideration say, a variety of concerns to guarantee effective learning delivery. Of course, there's many factors, you know, uh, factors involved you know, through technology and programs that the school have to, you know, whether buy or download. There's a lot involved. And some of the research said that, you know, the term blended learning, discovering in some cases, it was just connecting face-to-face to e-learning activities, you know, through uh, synchronous learning. And it was emphasised that learning necessities and preferences of every student, you know, tend to be different. And that teachers need to use the variety of learning, blended learning methods in their approach to teaching to get the correct content in the correct format to the students. Uh, many occasions, I've seen it in school, sometimes the content was delivered and it maybe wasn't fit for purpose or they tried to force it across just to connect that uh, face-to-face teaching to the e-learning activity. And that's the one thing that I sort of found from my my experiences within school. And another thing that you know people did question the term, sorry, from the research, the term blended learning is also involved, you know, much deeper to incorporate the set of learning methods 
you know, blended learning is not a new approach. It has been used in the past and it consisted of a physical, uh, well, I'll try to give an example. So, you know, in the past, blended learning consists of a physical classroom format, whether it's lab lessons, you know, handouts through, you know, reading books uh, and lectures. But today, schools have many learning methods and choices that is bedded within the knowledge that learning is not just a one-time event and the, that learning is a continuing process for individuals, which, you know, is very, very hard for teachers because it's a new concept, you know, it's a it's a new approach that to some, to some teachers or, you know, lecturers, it's second nature, but for the people who aren't maybe as confident in embedding this within the learning environment, it is very hard to challenge uh, the learners to a level that they're constantly learning on the pathway. So that, that was probably the key the key uh, message from from that source. And the last one I looked at was uh, blended learning or uh, e-learning. So that, again, this was another peer-reviewed journal and it consisted of two faculties of education. Uh, the study provided a broad analysis of the relevant literature around online and blended learning. It looked at the different understandings of the term blended learning uh, and the practicality and efficiency uh, you know, were further discussed, which you know, I probably probably haven't got time to go into. And the authors considered blended learning to be the same as a hybrid instruction, which brings together the capabilities of web-based learning with those of uh, classroom techniques, if you like. Throughout their report, uh, or the, the source, on the transformation transformational potential of blended learning, the authors discovered that blended learning settings capture the principles of traditional classes, which enhance the effectiveness of the meaningful learning environments uh, within the, the online concept. And they stated that blended learning provides a dynamic learning setting uh, with the flexibility in using the materials for pupils and offers more time to faculties for them to sort of apply valuable collaboration of their ideas. Either this can be individually, you know, one-to-one -one or through small groups. So it's sort of, you know, it dive deeper into like the hybrid instruction, you know, it has the ability to change a pupil's understanding and results through learning. And the, you know, the thing that stood out the most for me here is, you know, seeing pupils in school who before this, so it was a hybrid approach because we were teaching some in school and some outside school and some students weren't maybe accepting or engaging with, you know, face-to-face -face learning. But since we've gone to this uh, hybrid notion, if you like, or, you know, the blended learning approach, some of these students who weren't engaging in classes are the first ones to answer questions, you know, completing their work, using questions that they wouldn't have even thought about in that face-to-face uh, -face environment. So I think it has had many positives for, in particular, some students who maybe have struggled with face-to-face, -face, whether that's due to confidence barriers or you know, interactional. They can't. They're not very good at interacting. They're sitting behind the screen. You know, it fills them with confidence, and that's the one thing that this blended learning approach has allowed is some of these students who you know maybe did struggle in that face-to-face -face environment have really flourished within the the blended approach. And you know, there's there's many practicalities that again we can use from this blended learning approach. And some schools are very fortunate to uh, have that uh, technology. 
and I think you know speaking to to the researchers is using this technology now within classes, not just going back to you know to pen and paper or your 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 standard uh, PowerPoints, but having that interaction. You know, there's so many things like Mentimeter or Padlet that create that collaboration, and you can still use that in the classroom. Just because we're we're not at home anymore, and you know they're uploading their answers to a to a web page, we can still use this in the classroom to test their knowledge, test their understanding, and move their uh, understanding forward. That was sort of the you know the, the key findings from the from that last one. But the one thing that I think stood out for me in terms of the hindrance of the last one was the direct collaboration. This communicates, you know, many facial expressions, eye contact, you know, a tone of voice and body language from the uh, from the students. And one of the researchers, uh, Lewis, spoke about the tone of voice uh, and the pupil's facial expression are essential in the teaching. You know, the brain requires and expects these additional important channels of information. And if these key features uh, of interaction are not presented, the brain struggles to communicate uh, this, leading to high possibility that there's a mixed con- misconception might take place. And, you know, I'm obviously, uh, you know, learning, I'm on that teaching pathway of, of becoming a teacher. And, you know, you've obviously been teaching for many years. You probably understand that, you know, just by talking to a child, we can understand if they know what we're talking about or, you know, if they're thinking, they're processing the message or the, the image they're trying to create in their head of what we're trying to do. And sometimes we can't see that from behind the screen where their camera's off. So yeah, it's just vital to communicate. And this doesn't happen uh, when students are online learning. I think it's easy for them to sit back in a shell and you know, and, and sit behind the screen. But you know, I, I'm not gonna neglect that that some students have flourished and really took on the opportunity and, and excelled. But I think that was a massive hindrance for me was not being able to see that interaction and fully and fully grasp if they uh, understand uh, what we are trying to say. Mm-hmm. There's just loads in there, isn't there? I mean, one of the real challenges for the number of you who were given blended learning um, in that school context is that it's not as simple as just searching for the literature about blended learning in schools, because as you've kind of alluded to there, there's quite a lot out there about blended learning in universities. I like you managed to find blended learning in a factory as well. Um, but it's quite a job of work there to take the, the body of literature and work out how it applies to school and how it applies in your very specific subject domain and kind of weave in your experience there that you've got as a as a practitioner so there's absolutely loads in there now one of the things that we asked people to do as part of the assignment was to create a visual version a visual representation of this information that you've come across and present it to your lead partnership school so how did that go what did they make of it what what did you actually tell them what got boiled down into your your visual summary and and what was the reaction there yeah so i broke Obviously, you know, again, it, it was like a four thousand word essay. I think so. We covered a lot of uh, a lot of content. So, yeah, it was a challenge to sort of decide or really decise, be decisive on what you're going to use in your visual summary. So, I, I I was quite simple. I broke mine into maybe four or five sections. So, my my first section just sort of outlined uh, the research focus. So that set the scene. I then looked at my the rationale for my uh, research focus. So, you know, the reasons behind my research method. Then I gave a little uh, explanation of my research method. So, you know, some sort of background context. Further, then I moved on to the my key findings uh, from the research and my literature. So, you know, I explored the, you know, what different authors and practitioners had to say about, you know, blended learning. Again, I probably went a bit off topic on my essay, but I looked at the, you know, wider approach and sort of tried to relate 
things in the outside world to education because you know as we know in in life uh, we use things not just in the educational context whether it's in sport or you know business we try and tie it in within education because it just broadens our knowledge and you know it keeps in education interesting it keeps the the children engaged i then moved on to the the main messages so the implications i found from my findings and then i sort of summarized it by giving a few recommendations and possible next steps for my lead partnership school and how blended learning can be embedded uh, within their school environment so just you know using some ideas that i've i found from from researching and from my clinical practice i use those ideas and then put them into a um onto the last slide then to hopefully they can use you know within within their within their blended learning Brilliant. And uh, I'm sure they found that very, very useful moving forward. I mean, thinking about you now, because this assignment is not just for your school, I guess it's for you as well. How do you see, because you're about to change school placements as we're recording this, how do you see the next steps now for you as a teacher? And maybe also, what are you interested in in future, potentially as a researcher? Oh, yeah. So my next steps is a... um in the teaching, you know, in the teaching perspective is to consider what I've learned through this blended learning approach and apply it to my face-to-face teaching. So as much as I can, I want to embed uh, technology within my lessons because I feel like that's the way education is going and society's moving. You know, ed- uh, technology now is a massive aspect of uh, society and collaborate with my, my peers, but not just my peers on PE. You know, people on my placement, I spoke to them about how they've used uh, blended learning in, in their lessons and just a different a variety of, of aspects that I can apply to my, my practice. And then sort of the, ne- the next steps for me as a practitioner is, you know, just keep researching different approaches. So, you know, I'm really interested in differentiation at the moment. You know, I had a lot of classes of uh, looking at math students, ALN students. So how I'm going to, you know, within my lessons, uh, challenge all learners. So that's going to be a massive thing is looking at uh, researching this differentiation and also uh, assessment for learning strategies. You know, I think this is they're the two probably key uh, approaches uh, or research topics or areas, if you want to call them, uh, f- which I'm going to further uh, investigate. Yeah, and really big things, AFL and differentiation for PE. I mean, that's a really, really big deal for you in that subject domain and maybe even more so than some others. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Cameron. That was a that was a whistle stop rundown of an enormous amount of work that you've done there. And, you know, it was it was a fantastic piece of work that I know has been hugely appreciated by everyone who's read it. So thanks for taking the time to come and share it with me today. No, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, you know, to share my work. PGC Research Bites comes from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and is presented this week by me, Tom Breeze. It showcases the best student-teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Thanks to Cameron Corsi from PGCEPE who joined us today to share his research. You can find the references to his six main pieces of literature and his visual summary in the show notes. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blanford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We'll be back with a regular episode next week and PGCE Research Bites will be back in a fortnight.